if a building inspection comes back bad, it doesn't mean the deal's dead. It just means that we've got conversations to have and see where we can go with them. Sometimes they pan out and sometimes we can keep moving forward. Sometimes they don't. And that's the reality of a contract. Going one, going twice, no. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I am your host, Aaron Horn, and I'm joined, as always, by real estate agents here at 414 Property Co., Patrick Berry and John McGregor. Boy, are we glad to be here. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we today, Ooh, boys? <laughs> oh, I know, he's had some really Ooh, good intros crazy. lately. Actually, well, not good, mate. No, it's, it looks like the soreness is slowly coming to an end now after the uh, weekend fun run. Although fun's the, such a loose term for... Charity races. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, for anyone out there, you may have seen online, but uh, many of our staff members competed. Well, I, I say competed, but perhaps participated is a better uh, a term so for it. Survived is another yeah. word we like to use in the office. <laughs> I can take survived. Uh, in the 2021 RACT City to Casino Fun Run. Yeah. I saw that you competed in or you participated in the 11-kilometre run, John. Oh, yeah. I, I did exceptionally well. I came dead last in my age group, <laughs> which, yeah. which is some great numbers there. But John, um, at what point did you realise, shoot, 11 kilometres is a long way? Well, it was, it was, it was, it was painful when uh, my knee gave out and I started having to walk. But it, it really came to head, though, when um, I – because obviously they've got the – they're bringing up the rear police car and, and ambulance. And when I saw that in the side of my back and I thought, oh, no, I've made a terrible <laughs> – Mistake. <laughs> so, how far into the race were you when um, your knee gave out? Oh, uh, where? So, you Bunning, s- Bunnings traffic lights. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. Oh, well, see, that was the, the best part was the start because I was at the front line. <laughs> so I was number one for about at less than a second. But after that, it was great. Well, I, I must have got I don't know because you start at the yeah at Bunnings, then get up through to Canillian Bay. So once you get once I got past Canillian Bay, then back onto the highway leading running getting to the bridge. That's when I just I, I was just like nah something's not right here something's not right so did you do much um prep before leading up to it did you go to the gym Uh, john 2.0 did he show back up to uh, prepare i thought about the race a lot pretty much (laughs) it's a mental game yeah yeah, pretty much the day before like oh shit i've still got to buy some running gear (laughs) i I knew that would exactly be john's training regime like from day one him and aaron murray his little offsider had uh said oh yeah we're gonna Challenge each other to do it, which I'm actually really surprised. Aaron did sub five minute kilometers yeah, yeah, on average yeah, well. on mm. zero training as well. So mm. it Hammond. just shows that youth uh, youth has got us because yeah, we're old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like uh, these thirty these thirty four year old knees just couldn't compete with the twenty one year old. Just um just to jump ship a little bit. Speaking, I don't want to say old old, but I'm just going to um throw out to one of our older listeners out there, one of our favorite listeners. I've just got a little bit of audio that I've brought along. Uh, she just wanted to say a thank you to you guys. So just uh, mm. hold one second. Hello, fellas. I really appreciated the little mention I got about being at home knitting beanies, but actually I was in hospital having a procedure and I wished that I was with the young girl that's on the yacht in the Caribbean. But <laughs> I am now safely home and I'm into my chore of knitting Aaron a beanie. Uh. So thank you for the mention. Appreciate it. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yep. So that was Nan out there. She, uh, yeah, she had a rough week last week, but yeah. she still was in the hospital listening along yeah, to the absolutely. property pod. And oh, she, 
Probably get a spike next week. Now she's spruced it to all the nurses and doctors and patients. Well, she actually had to have one of those um, MRI things, you know, where you go into the tunnels. Yep. And she said that they put on like Robbie Williams um, and the headphones there, but she would have much preferred to hear us talking yep. to um, keep her, make her feel safe. She's like, I'll never do that again. I don't want to go back into that tunnel. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, she said, oh, it would have been nicer to have our voices. So what a lovely uh, sentiment from Nan. 100%. And yeah. yes, I'm sure if you could be on her super yacht, um, Nan, Megan. Megan would have you for sure. But shout out to you. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, very nice Thanks, to, to hear from right. you. Love it. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into some real estate stuff, which we uh, meant to talk about when we come in Supposedly. here to this studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually was speaking to a guy about our podcast last night. I told you about Pickleball before, but, mm. yeah, I was crossing over with this guy who works uh, somewhat in the industry and I said, oh, I've got this podcast. It'd be interesting to have you on. Oh, no, that, that'd be too professional for me. Yes, oh, <laughs> you, 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 you know, you'll be fine. I, I should have said, oh, I'll send you our podcast. Yeah, you'll be right, <laughs> mate. Fine. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so we wanted to cover off today on um, just we, – we've got to like this, this roadblock with a few conversations yeah. recently where it's kind of like what happens once the contract's signed? Like mm. how does handover happen? How does uh, it become – my place, basically, or my new so investment you, property. So you want to know what happens if you're one of the lucky few people that can actually get past the offer stage to a contract stage? A hundred percent. At the moment, there's a shortage of stock out there. It's really tricky to um, get it. But I guess once your contract's in, it'd be really nice to know, like, what do I need to know uh, leading forward to be like, what are all these conditions and, and where do I go? So, John, you've kind of prepared a bit of stuff. So where should we jump off here uh, with this one? Well, it ends up being a, a bit of a conversation when we're having – catching up with the clients because especially even those that haven't purchased, like if they've owned a home or haven't purchased one in 20 years, um, well, often won't actually take the time to go through the terms of the contract and understand what that means. And a couple of times I've had it with young people who have said, okay, so this is – so what – is you know this is really great. We're um, really excited that you're making an offer again. Um, but you know, have you how, how many times you've done this? Oh, this is our fourth time. It's like great. Has, has anyone actually read through the terms and conditions with you? And the what? So it's this element where a lot of people are rushing through signing these contracts without actually really understanding what are going to be the next beats in the process. Because you know, getting pre-approval finance and signing a con- signing on the dotted line is great, but there's still a heck of a lot of stuff that has to be satisfied before you know we can officially put that sold sticker on. Well, this this sort of ends up being the because co- as, as you know, I end up um, spending the time to get myself a nice pen, which I'd been considering doing for a long time. Have um, we spoken about the pen on the podcast? Uh, probably not. Uh, probably not. But it was. You you know, it's insp- it was inspired by Rudyard Kipling, the guy who wrote The Jungle Book. So it's got this really nice wolf's head on it. Um, Do you actually, have it with you? Show yeah, it to actually, the camera so that um, people is, can see is, your is pen. Is that clear? Can you? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah, so it's egregiously large, <laughs> but, you know, I don't mind it. You're compensating for something there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's a, it just unfortunately, you know, it, just, it needed to be to have the stuff on it because it, on it it says <laughs> if you'll uh, – <laughs> if you if you could keep your head when all those about you are losing theirs, uh, then you'll be a man, my son. So it's off. Here's my one of my favourite – Poems is by the same bloke. Yep. Um, so the thought being is that if you've got this nice, significant moment, you've got something nice that you could, you know, sh- you know share it with, it with a, a with. really nice pen. But the, the best part about it was after getting this, I was really excited. My uh, The first client picked it up and said, geez, your pen's shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, well, that's that's the, you, you've got to have those people to bring you back down. I really right? like this story, John. Mm. What does it have to do with what we're talking about? Well, it's that same element where, so last night I was with a young couple and we were just chatting about just, you know, they were, their offer's been accepted and then um, luckily enough there was a, I've met a couple of people since then that actually knew what the heck it was. A paperweight. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, a, a very fancy nice. paperweight. But 
It was that sound. I said to them as well. All right, you know, it's great. So I always temper the that first moment of excitement's great, but then we have to temper it and say, okay, here's the things that can go wrong, um, and here's what we need to do in the event that something happens. Do you um, frame it as here's what can go wrong, or do you frame it as what's next? It's what's next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, so just feeling like if, if yeah, I just signed one of the biggest contracts in my life, or made a really big investment. Yeah, here's what could go wrong. As soon as I've signed it, probably wouldn't would be, be the, the best way to term it, yeah. I'd want to hear. So I'll often say like here, you know, here's here's the beats that need to happen, um, or here's here's what's going to happen next, and here's who has you know here's who you need to speak with about it. So a lot of the time, the influence of the real estate agents, the you know strongest influence is actually during that marketing and negotiation stage. Yep. And then once at the second it gets under contract, well that's when um, my sort of line to clients is, well, look, you know, phone calls are for conversation and then emails for confirmation. So you can provide kind of unofficial advice and say like, oh, I've been in this situation before, so I would recommend um, taking Here's this course of action. However, email it through or put it in writing so that it's an official. That's right. Um, so essentially what we're talking about is the time between I've made the offer, it's been accepted, and then the house, the payment crossing over and any kind of hurdles in between. That's what we're talking about today. Well, I suppose there's those points where we're under contract and then you've got what's known as a condition precedent. Have to be So clauses that have to be satisfied before it becomes unconditional or formally exchanged or officially sold. Yes. So, for example, the, the standard ones people often have is, you know, the, the conditions that need to be satisfied or the stuff that needs to happen first is, one, you've got to pay your deposit. So, that you know, it could be 10%, 10 grand, two, $2. Yep. Um, then, you know, you'll have your finance clause that needs to be satisfied. And also, too, they'll have their building inspection. So, all those, um, you know, people will often ask, hey, will I lose my deposit if I don't get my finance, for example? That's a really common question. Yep. Um, and the answer is, well, no, you won't. So because in, in, um, you know, in the standard conditions, it will describe that the, the if finance is unsuccessful or if the condition is unsatisfied, um, well, then the old, you know, the parties under this contract, like responsibilities under this contract end. Yep. So it basically means the contract's cancelled um, and then the purchaser is entitled to a full refund of their deposit. So what we're talking about with – like it's unfortunately it's an annoying language but it's contract language, Yeah, right? yeah, that's so cool. So, so when they say condition precedent, it means it's something that has to, you know, um, be satisfied before the contract – Moves, moves ahead. Yep. Mm. Um, I think we might be getting people a little bit confused because language is so intense. Dense, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it has to be intense because it's law Let, and it's well, that's legal the language, aspects yeah. to it. But let's try to dull it down a little bit and really just break down what it means after you've signed a contract. So, I love yeah, that, cool. Pat. Thank so, you. Yeah, sorry, um, guys. You're right. No, mm. everything you've said is golden, John. And um, But I, I think we've got some listeners out there might have never seen a contract before or they haven't mm. been lucky enough to actually get one across the line. Mm. So really what we're talking about – I'm trying to put my easy hat on, is that sign a contract and then we've got the period between when you sign the contract and when you move into the house is yeah. the period that we're referring to. Yeah. And then that's broken down again into two sections again, the section mm. where um, it's conditional, which means it's subject to the finance and the building and everything that you're outlining. And then once you've confirmed all those, the unconditional process, which is when they then – um, obviously are waiting for the solicitors to do the paperwork and the banks to be able to move forward with settling the property. That's a an overall what you're trying to break down effectively, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so for most people I think because um, this is so intense and there's so many different ways we could potentially look at it, why don't we pick a scenario based around um, the All most aboard. common. So mm. I 
I reckon the most common would be subject to finance and subject to building inspection. Yeah. Can you map out, John, what that looks like for somebody if they've signed a contract subject to getting finance and then also a building inspection? Yeah, From definitely. the day they sign today versus the day they move into the house. Yep, absolutely. Well, one of the things that often they'll say is <clears throat> we've been pre-approved for finance. So what does that mean? Well, it just means that the bank is going to say, well, if you – bring us a contract, it will lend you up to $500,000. And theoretically, if you bring a contract in for $500,000, we're pretty confident that you're going to get that property. Yep. So in that instance, we've um, they've purchased a house for five hundred thousand, um, and then it's been you know the contract's been successful, and now we're in our twenty um, one day finance period. So that what that means then is that the purchaser has exclusive right to be able to um, to get finance in that period, but on the if within tw- on day after tw- day, day twenty no, on day twenty one or day twenty two, if they, if a few things haven't happened, either finance hasn't been approved by the bank, or if they haven't applied for an extension of that clause, well then on the 22nd day, the, because that time frame's ended, the, the owner can cancel the contract if they want to. That's Yeah, so mm. um, it comes back to the owner choosing to cancel it or not, doesn't that's it? That's right, so yeah. So it's always a constant negotiation. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think that's a good thing to point out as well when talking finances because banks and valuation companies are incredibly hard to work with. Absolutely. Uh, so there'd be plenty of examples out there in recent times where someone's got to day 18, 19 and they've probably given you a call or me a call, John, and said, we're not going to make it. We really want the house. What do we do? Mm, mm. And my advice would normally be for them to communicate with us and always let us know what's happening so we can keep our vendor informed. Absolutely. Um, I'm dealing with one at the moment where the um, purchasers had 21 days. They asked for a two-day extension and today they they have to ask, unfortunately, for another extension. Mm. But they've constantly kept us in the loop with what's happening from day one. Mm. And so I feel very confident in going back to my owner and advising them to – to Grab take the extension, extension because yep. I do think we'll get there with it all. Yeah. Where um, if they hadn't been open and, and let me know everything through every step of the process of what's happening, I might be less inclined to suggest to the owner to offer them extra time Yeah, absolutely. because I don't know <clears throat> what's happening. Mm, so mm. I think for any purchasers out there, a big tip is that even though, yes, you do need to go through your lawyer for everything when it comes to a contract after we've signed it with you, mm. keeping us in the loop so we can keep the other party in the loop and so that we can keep them in the loop with language that you as a purchaser or a vendor can understand. Yes. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that's really key there, Pat. What you're kind of saying is you have the um, the vernacular or the vocabulary to be able to explain it in a way that is um, understandable rather than getting this important letter from – Or getting a letter from a, or an email from a lawyer and it reads, they can't get their finance, you need an extension, like you need to choose to extend yeah. or cancel. Yeah. And it's always written, no offence, but quite bluntly or yeah. – uh, quite like yeah they're not mixing we, words yeah mm. it can be quite daunting and you don't know what to do yeah Where, uh, if you can just keep us in the loop as a purchaser then we can keep the vendor in the loop and we can advise the vendor on our opinion and we can draw on stories like john loves to do because mm. that, obviously that's your your massive draw story. card is that <laughs> story for every scenario or an example for every scenario yeah. so that helps someone then feel more comfortable about making the right decision moving forward from that point and sometimes too uh, to, to, as an example um so as part of that finance period um the what the bank needs to ensure is that sometimes the purchase price isn't so much so important as it is to because the bank will usually request a value a formal valuation and what that valuation is to confirm is if you've got the purchase price of $500,000, they want to make sure that that formal valuation values up to $500,000 because the bank's not going to lend 
the purchase price, they're going to lend the amount of the valuation, if that makes sense. So yep. in that particular scenario, you may have purchased a property for $500,000, but you know, all of a sudden the valuation only comes in at $450,000. All of a sudden the bank gets very, very nervous because they're going to say, well, look, we're only going to lend you up to four fifty dollars on this particular property. You need to make up the difference if you that's, want the house. That's it. So your 10% deposit becomes null and void and you have to find a way of getting more, getting more cash. So yeah. that's a really common um, scenario, especially in really tough markets like this one where prices are changing so constantly yep. and the valuers are having a hard time keeping up with the rising tide in the market. So I think it's also good for a purchaser to note as well that having that valuation process as well um, makes them feel more comfortable that they haven't potentially overpaid for a property or Absolutely. they know where they stand with a property when the yep. day they own it. Yeah, definitely. Like, if the valuation comes in on contract price, they know they've paid a fair market value for it and they should feel happy that they've secured a home. Yep. If it comes under contract value and they still want the house because it's everything they've dreamed of and they're prepared to pay that little bit extra, make the difference mm. to make it happen, yep. then at least they they know what they're getting into. They're not getting – like there's no like – um, no one real estate agent trying to pull the rug over your yeah. eyes or yeah. something. Like at the end of the day, everyone thinks that we're out to to screw people over and get every last dollar. But there are so many other elements out there that allow purchasers, especially purchasers subject to finance and building, the ability to make sure they're moving forward on their terms and not us forcing their hand. Or yeah, hundred percent. Or a vendor forcing their hand. They're making the final decision when it comes to these things with finance and building. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point. I don't think you can ever ring your bank too much to ask how it's going. No. I like, like that. Like if you've got 21 mm. days to get this deal done and dust it, and I don't think there's any harm in ringing 21 times yep. like or 30 times if that's what it takes to get the deal done. Yeah. Especially with such a hot market, you may not be given the opportunity to get an extension of time for a finance clause. Mm. There may be a backup contract sitting there that's cash ready to go. And so if you've only got a very small window to get a job done – like, don't sit back on your hands and wait for them to call you. Keep Be proactive pushing. and call them. Absolutely. But I don't care if my purchasers ring me every day and say, like, sure, I'll get probably a little bit annoyed by yeah. it. But at the end of the day, Gleason, I know they're hungry for it and they want it. Yeah. They We've, want the job done. And that gives me confidence to, to relay that information through to my vendor. There, you, you have no harm in being too forthcoming with information, but you do yourself harm by not talking to us enough and just keep mm. quiet. Or if shit hits the fan and it's not going to ha- pan out for you and you go into like your little tortoise shell and you don't tell us what's going on and it, you just let it collapse. well, we could have potentially cancelled it 10 days early and moved yeah. on to somebody else. We're not going to get upset with you if it turns out you can't buy the house. Mm. Yep. We'd rather just know about it earlier. Yes. Don't wait till day 21 to tell us that, oh, two weeks ago I got told I couldn't do the finance. Just tell us on. Yeah, so exactly. communication is key. And it's, again, like you were saying, it's kind of about – Keeping all lines of communication open and making sure everybody is constantly all over that. I know you mentioned one other thing. We're kind of getting up there in time, but Mm. there was one other condition that you mentioned. Uh, Building inspections. So I reckon that's the second biggest clause that's in most contracts these days. Yeah. Um, And a building inspection, what does that actually mean for a purchaser? Like I think that's something that we should probably quickly touch on, John. Yeah. So in the Tasmanian contract, it talks about a defect. So what they're trying to find is defects in your property and you have to set a defect amount. So in in an example, you might say, look, um, you've got a a building inspection clause with a $10,000 defect limit. Now, a defect can be anything. It can be peeling paint. It can be a ba- you know bad guttering or a bad roof. The old contract used to state specifically electrical, plumbing, roof, roof or structural defects, but now it's anything, ripped carpet. Now, what the building inspection means is that if during the process of that inspection, the inspector then finds defects together likely to cost more to remedy 
than that amount. So it just means if if all the defects. Well, let's pick a number. So say on the contract, it's ten thousand dollars is written yep. on the contract. That's right. So that's what you're referring to by your defect limit. Yes. That yeah. Yeah. Agreed amount on the contract. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, if they find the you know the the, the footings are shot in the house and it's going to cost you maybe twenty grand to repair, well then obviously it's um it's gone above that ten thousand um, dollar limit and now you can exit the contract. Now, so now you can exit the contract. Yes. doesn't mean that you definitely do. It just means that you, you have the option. So it yep. kind of is you've found out, you've done your research, you've found out what you want, and then yep. you can change. Well, there's a couple of options. You've mm. got, if you're the purchaser, you've got the ability to walk away if you want. Yep. Mm. Second ability is that you can just accept it is what it is. Um, you looked through the report and you think, oh, well, I, I saw 90% of those. Um, I'm not worried by them. I was worried more about the things that I couldn't see. Yep. So you might just disregard it. Uh, the third option, which happens sometimes, is that you might say, well, I didn't realise that the subfloor had a, a missing pier and that's going to cost $2,000 to repair. Okay, I understand that it's been like that forever, but it's something I don't feel comfortable with. Yep. So you might say, well, I would like either the owner to rectify that prior to settlement or um, I'd like a discount in the agreed price that we paid for the property. Yep. So it just means that um, – and it doesn't mean that the owner has to agree to any of those terms. The owner can say, nah, get stuffed, buy it as is or don't buy it, and yep. that's r- well within the owner's rights. But that's where it comes back to John and myself having conversations with both the purchaser and the vendor yep. mm. and why we like to have those conversations rather than the lawyers having the conversations because the lawyers will be very um, – by the letter? Yeah, yeah, by the letter of the law. Which yep. is their job. Yeah, mm. which is what they're paid to do. And by mm. all means, we don't expect anything less of them. But sometimes there are workarounds that we can find yep. mm. by just having an open communication between both parties. And by workarounds, you don't mean like, oh, we're going to do a dodge and we're just going to kind of um, pop a pretend bit of wood there and that'll fix it. You mean kind of no, we'll come to a, an agreement. An, an agreement. agreement. Yeah, yeah, to keep a deal alive. Yep. So um, it doesn't mean if a building inspection comes back bad, it doesn't mean the deal's dead. It just means that we've got conversations to have and see where we can go with them. Sometimes they pan out and sometimes we can keep moving forward, sometimes they don't and that's then the reality of a contract. And like specifically in the contract it reads that the parties, the, uh, the, the purchaser is the party benefited by this condition. Now what that means is that if the defect limit is unfavourable, basically all the controls on the purchaser at that point so they can withdraw. So when, we, when we're looking to do it, is, we'll, you know, my wording is, hey, if, 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 it's not, if you don't like it, come back to the table. And you know, we'll so it just opens up negotiation yeah. once again, and it's good to again be in communication with you guys so that you can cover off on any issues that are come up. Like you deal with this every day, rather than being overwhelmed by exactly. this idea well, of like, oh crap, I didn't know the house was going to fall down because yep. it said it was this. I was like, oh no, it's not going to fall well, down. It's just we just need to fix this one little thing. It's going to cost this much. Well, no, it's a point where we can stop and renegotiate. Yep, definitely. Excellent. I think that's a really good point to uh, kind of finish things up there. Thank you again, boys, for another fantastic property pod. We'll be back next week with a guest. Cool. Um, so, yeah, we'll catch yeah. you all then. See you, John. All right. See ya. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.